there, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me on the Unbroken Ground. This is episode 49, Hope. Uh, the last four episodes of the year are going to be focused on the Advent candles uh, and the Advent season itself. So, um, yeah, the first one this week is Hope. Um, if you haven't, uh, I do highly recommend going back and listening to the previous two um, episodes that were dealing with uh, light and darkness, uh, or sorry, darkness and silence, as that is that kind of directly led into uh, doing the uh, the Advent uh, topics. Um, so as always, um, as always, you can find me on Facebook uh, at um, facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground. Uh, also, you can send an email at the unbroken ground at gmail.com uh, if you have any questions or suggestions. Uh, thanks for joining and I hope you enjoy. So one of the things that I really think about when thinking about the idea of hope is the idea that we serve a God who can do anything that he wants, but he he tends to kind of operate within the uh, structures of the world. And, and so... As we think about that, uh, we'll, we'll gather, we'll kind of push into that. Um, but I think it's important to start, for me, into this idea of what, what hope is and, and, and why it exists. And a weird place to start, especially since we're talking about Advent, but where we're going to start anyway, is a story about three uh, Jewish people living in um, the land of Babylon uh, underneath the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, if you've ever watched Veggie Tales, Rack Shack, and Benny, then you already know this story. Or if you went to vacation Bible school or if, or Sunday school as a child, or if you've just read your Bible, you know that there were three um, Jewish young men who were made officials in the royal court at Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar decided to make a huge statue of himself and ordered everyone to, when the music played, they had to bow down to him. Now, um, this, of course, directly um, contradicted the, the Jewish understanding that, no, you don't bow down to anyone. Um, you worship no other gods. You worship no other idols. Um, and so Nebuchadnezzar, who was basically declaring himself a god to be worshipped, um, these um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, decided, they prayed about it, they decided they weren't going to do it. Um, even though they were being, they were highly exalted within the government. They were respect. They had these positions of authority and power. Uh, they had been taken care of. They just knew that they couldn't um, bow down. That was against their convictions about what God would want, and they, it was against their convictions about how what it meant to live out for, in their lives for God. And so they just they couldn't do it. And so the music played, and they didn't do it. Uh, so... Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar got really mad and goes, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you don't do it, then I'm going to throw you in the furnace. And, and it's at this point that I, I want to pull out with the statement that, the, uh, that the, these three guys say, the Bible records this, um, because I think it is very indicative of what hope is. Um, and, and that is that hope is this faith in what God can do, but also 
not dependent that God does it. And that's a little weird saying that way, but it is, it's this faith in that knowing that God, what God can do, God can do, um, so God can do whatever he wants, but, but it's not dependent on that fact. And, and, and here's what the statement is, and that's, this is why I think it's so important, is that the statement they say is this, let's see, King Nebuchadnezzar, it is, it is well within the, the possibility that God can save us. But even if, even if he doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down to your idol. It's well, it's well understood that God has the power to save, but even if he doesn't save, we're not going to bow down to your idol. Um, and, and so, like, it wasn't a test for, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It wasn't a test of what God could do. They were already f- fully convinced what God could do, but it, it was a test of this idea that hope, when we hope, it's because of a couple of things. And, and one of them is that we hope because we believe that things, though they may be dark, though they may um, have come with exile and silence, uh, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were feeling uh, when they were in exiles in Babylon, Though it may come with times like that, the hope reminds us that it's not going to always be that way. And even if we don't see it, so so even if, even if um, God doesn't save me from the fiery furnace, still not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and and so, so hope then um, becomes this weird thing for us because as believers... We both believe that he can do all things and can and will and make things um, better. But we also believe that he doesn't have to. Like, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's the idea that life is not going to be perfect or, or safeguarded against trouble or trials or tribulations. And in fact, it's, it's the opposite. Jesus actually says to his followers, you will have trouble in this world. And so our hope is not that we will have a troubleless life. Our hope is not that, that um, there will be no trouble. Our hope is in a person. It's in Jesus. And that, that person helps us through the both good and bad times. And and so hope is not just this I'm holding out because I know that God's going to come through and change everything. Um, it's, it is, instead, it's just this idea that we know whom we serve and, and that there is a better way. There is a better place. There is a better way uh, that this world could be. And, and there are, and, and then, then we're called to work in that. And so I think the first place is just to realize that that hope is that realization that darkness and silence and trouble and, and trials don't win. They are not infinite. They are not eternal. But rather, God's kingdom is eternal. God's plan is is eternal. God's provision and love and care for us is eternal. And and that is the hope that we have.
this world, we may have trouble. I mean, I mean, you just have to look at the life of Paul. Paul, Paul had a amazingly difficult life um, as he was following after Jesus, and and he kind of nonchalantly in Philippians goes, "Oh, you know, I've 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 learned the secret on how to be content when I've had a little, when I've had a lot. It's 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 doesn't matter to me. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." And and but but Paul, if you if you listen to the things that happened to him, and I'm not going to name the fullest, but I mean, he was beaten to to near death several times. He was uh, stoned. He was in shipwrecks. He was bitten by poisonous snakes. I mean. All of these things are happening to Paul in his life, and and yet he still writes things like we are more than conquerors. We um, we we struggle not here against flesh and blood. Um, b- rejoice in all situations. Give thanks in all situations. You're saying, Paul, how? And and Paul would point to the fact that we have a hope that says that the way the world is is not the final answer and on top of that we have this mission this calling to bring out its redemption paul says in romans he says that that all of creation waits and moans and and like longs to be redeemed because it is it's having these kind of these birthing pains of of um of just that that creation and and it just continued and and all of creation is waiting to for the redemption it's 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 um it knows that there's something better and it's not the the way of sin and the way of the fallen and and the darkness and the troubles and the trials it's not that way it's something better. And that is where we have hope. Just in case you're running, because I'm probably not going to get back too much to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they get into the fire, there's a fourth person there and they, and they survive. And Nebuchadnezzar asks them to come out and they come out and they don't even have a hair sense on their body. So yes, they had a hope and God showed up in that. Um, and I think that is the second part of hope is that hope is not just for the future. Hope is remembering what God has done for us in the past. Hope is remembering what God has done. This, this is why one of the big things that the Israelites would do, the Jews that would do, is they would have these big celebrations because they were reminders of what God had done and reasons why they put hope in God today. And continue to put hope in God. They were they were looking back. They were they were reminding themselves of what God had done, how God had led them through through times that seemed so difficult, so troublesome, and and celebrating those, reminding themselves because that is also where hope comes from. Hope comes from the fact that God has done things before, and He'll do it again, uh, as He so pleases to do. Um, and, and that's where hope comes from. Hope comes from us realizing that even if we're living in a very dark, difficult time, he has been at work and will continue to be at work. Even if we don't see it, even if we don't see it this side of heaven, he is at work and we must know that. That's, that's why we hope. We hope because we are convinced that there is a better world, a better way, a better, a better, um, 
a better calling, a better experience. We hope because we don't believe that the world in all of its darkness and of all of its anger and all of its violence and all of its, its sickness doesn't get the last word. There's a famous quote from The Princess Bride um, where uh, I believe it's Wesley who, who, who says, Life is pain. And it certainly can seem that way, um, especially as we move into uh, a time of holidays and families. And, and family is, is not as nice and clean and um, as joyful uh, for all. Some have a very tough time. Some have lost loved ones. And so this time reminds them of those that they've lost. Um, and so that's very hard. Um, they, they, so others have um, just broken families that they they have to figure out how to navigate, you know, spending time with each other every year because they are split and, and they don't live under the same roof. And, and they're just, it's just so hard. Life just feels like it's just so hard. And, and even when we celebrate these things of like, hope with with the fact that we celebrate we're we're up celebrating Jesus's birth and his coming and and what he brings that hope um it's still hard because we are so it's also families and and families are messy and um and so it it is something that we have to realize that there is going to be um pain in this life but and, and there's a problem of pain because we, we go, well, if God loves me and he's all powerful and he's all good, how can pain exist? But there's a flip side to that, which is there's the problem of pleasure. Um, and, and that's to say that if the world was just um, going to be hurtling through the universe, um, only developing uh, evolutionary wise, um, it wouldn't develop pleasure. There, there'd be no reason actually for pleasure because pleasure, um, you know, is outside the realm of what's evolutionary necessary. Um, yet most, if not all of us, um, like to enjoy things. We like, uh, good food and, and soft beds and, um, nice clothes and warm clothes and all those things. Um, and, and so the problem is the fact that there exists so much things that are just there to give us pleasure. Why, why can we see colors? Um, why as humans are we able to, to see more colors than, than many other animals if, if, we, if we're talking about just evolution? Um, why, why can we hear, why, why can we hear sounds that really have nothing to do with survival music that has more to that has not much that doesn't have to do with survival but has to do um just with enjoyment of life and so it's those type of things that that remind us that reveal to us that there is a deeper meaning there's a deeper existence that, that we're all not just here by accident. And so if there's, there's a hope then that the universe, the, the world, um, will actually get it right. Um, and I think even if you don't believe in God, 
you 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 still have this and i think that's the most intriguing thing is that you still even if you don't believe in god even if you think that god doesn't exist even if you think that god has not put the earth together most of the time people still believe in like fate or or uh, justice or fairness um and but those are are things that that come from a very biblical understanding of things um and and so even if so so things like karma or things like um, destiny, you know, those things. But if there's, if, if there's no overarching authority figure who's in charge of those things, then, then you can't, um, the universe, how, how would the universe do that? If, if everything was just evolution and everything was just survival of the fittest, then, then why would we have so many different kinds of food that, that, and, and then we have certain kinds of foods that, they, they don't even really nutritionally feed us. They just bring us pleasure. And so there's actually a problem of pleasure because it looks like the world is created with the idea of pleasure in mind and not just pain. And, and that, again, is, is where we, we find hope because it points to a greater purpose that's going on in, in our world. It points to the fact that it's not just... Um, a world of pain and, and we're just here to suffer. And then once we're done suffering, we'll eventually be able to go to heaven and get done with suffering. Although life may be hard from the beginning to the end. But the other thing about hope and Jesus is, is that um, God always kind of shifts things away from what you expect. And here's what I mean by that. So when Jesus is born, they're expecting a Messiah. And, they, and the Jewish understanding of a Messiah was really like king. They were expecting that a king would come. He would come in. He would kick out all of Rome. Rome would be uh, subject to, to the Jews. Um, they, would, they would take their revenge on their, um, the, the um, Samaritans, because they were um, people who used to belong to the tribes, but then they um, took off and did their own thing. They left behind the tribe of Judah, um, and and so they would conquer them. They would they would they would kick everybody. They'd win every battle because of their Messiah, Savior, Redeemer, King, who was going to set up a kingdom that would never end. And and so they had a, an idea of this physical kingdom that was going to happen. And that was where their hope was. Um, and that's where the hope was. That's where they placed their hope. That's where they, they built their hope. That's where they, they, they put all of the hope of their heart on. But Jesus comes. And he comes as a baby. And he comes as, as you know, a, a poor family. He, he, um, he, he's born in the manger. Um, he is, he's, he's an exile to Egypt. All, all of these things, right? Um, he's not really a conquering king. And, and then when he comes to, into his ministry at, at age 30-ish, um, he doesn't immediately side with the ruling authorities of the Jews, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In fact, he's antagonistic towards them. Um, and, but, he, but, but here's what he does do. Um, it's pretty, pretty um, different. He goes and he grabs these rejects 
these uneducated, these unrighteous people and, and makes them his disciples. And then he, and then he tells them this, he says, the kingdom is here. Repent, repent. The kingdom is near is what he has the message. He was telling that John the Baptist was telling it. He says, the kingdom is here. And then, and then he takes these disciples from whom he's recruited, who were not of the religious elite, who were not part of the, the current religious control structure. And he says, Hey, the kingdom is here. In fact, you're 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 part of the announcing team. You're part of the you're part of the setup team. You're part of the people through you will see the kingdom grow. And then he sends them out two by two. And then he dies on the cross. There's a little stuff that happens in between there, but the hope was that this this guy, this Jesus, this savior, if he really truly was, he was going to set up an earthly kingdom. And, and he would reign forever. But what happened is when the Messiah truly arrived, he announced a kingdom that was spiritual in nature and is still being built to this day. It is. He is still on its throne. But the vast majority of people who understood scripture, who understood or thought they understood what scripture was saying, who thought they understood what what they were truly hoping for, totally missed it. They totally missed it. And and I think that um, I, to give them some a break, basically, um, I don't know that we are any better than them. Oftentimes. And when we, when we are trying to understand what it is God is doing, um, I don't know that we're better, that we, we wouldn't totally miss it too. Um, I, w- I would at least be cautious, um, knowing that the, the experts of the day, the most, the, the religious experts, who, by the way, uh, memorized the first five books of the Bible um, before they were like tw- 10 or 12, uh, and and could quote them by memory, who knew scripture, who thought they knew God, missed the point. They missed what God was doing. So I would I would be cautious um, to proclaim that I would know, or that I wouldn't have, or that I would have been someone who picked up immediately on what Jesus was doing. And the answer, and the answer probably is I wouldn't, because it's only by the grace of God that those knew. It's only by the grace of God that we're called to him today. It's only by us responding to his, his invitation. But it's only his, it's only because he's so gracious. He, he wants all to be saved. And, and so, and, and, and so the amazing thing then becomes that, that Jesus's kingdom is no longer just Jesus Jesus working on his kingdom. Instead, with Jesus' death and resurrection and the Holy Spirit coming to live in us, the the creation and the building of Jesus' kingdom actually becomes our main project. And, and so when we look at the Bible and the Bible says, this is how the world should be. And and so we talked a little bit about this um, last week with... Um, and, and the week before with, with silence and darkness uh, and the Psalms and how the Psalms often depict that the righteous should um, be blessed and the unrighteous should be 
um, destitute. Uh, the, the, those who follow God's law will be established and honored, and those who don't will be cast out. And yet, yet when we look around the world, we go, this is not, this is not making sense because this, what I read in Scripture, what I read in, in the Psalms does not reflect the world. And, and so Jesus comes and he's like, yep, I'm, I'm establishing a kingdom and, and I'm establishing through you who will come after me, who will follow, who will believe, who will be my followers. You will build that kingdom. And it's it becomes this crazy thing where we, like when we see darkness, we're actually called to be the light. That's why Jesus says, hey, you're the light of the world. He was the light of the world. He says, you are like a, what he says about us. He goes, you, yeah, he says, you're the light on a hill. When people are looking for a safe place, a safe refuge, a safe city, somewhere to stay, he says, you are the light. He goes, you're the salt of the earth. You're the ones that's preserving and bringing life and bringing, um, and, and, uh, cleansing and, and bringing healing. He goes, you're the salt of the earth. Because you're the one who usher in my kingdom. You get to join in. You get to participate. And when we see darkness, when we see death, when we see destruction, when we see deterioration, when we see things that are going against the kingdom, we, we pray, we seek God, but then, then we realize that we're the ones, God's placed us here for that reason, for such a time as this. And so, so the hope is twofold because it is a reminder that the world is not as it should be. And so when we experience darkness, when we experience trouble, when we experience silence, when we experience trials and tribulations and disease and sickness and death and hurt and pain, the hope is reminding us that that's not what the world is supposed to be. And instead, it is a calling for us to go out and serve in his kingdom, to be co-laborers with him, to be sent out, to be the ones that say, hey, we have light. We, 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 as Paul says, we carry this, this precious treasure in these, in these jars of clay, where the band gets its name from, by the way. Um, we have this great, we have this great treasure in this flimsy, fragile bodies of ours and we want to share it because what we have is hope because the way the world is is not how it should be and and we're going to be working to make it right it, it's it's not all about being woke or having social justice as some people probably are like oh he's talking about being a social gospel nope what I'm saying is, is that if we are called to be a city on a hill, if we are called to be the salt of, of the earth, if Jesus invites us to build his kingdom with him, then part of our focus, part of our life, part of the goals of what we do Regardless of what else we do with our lives, regardless of what else we do with our families, regardless of what else we do with our free time, one of the things that we should be is we should be kingdom builders. 
And and the reason that we can offer the world hope is because we know that that God's kingdom is at is on the move and at work and growing. And and our job is to carry that wherever we go with us and and in whatever ways we can to make the world more like the kingdom that God says it should be, to see the world, to be aware of the world, to understand the world and say, this is not how things should be. Not to judge the world, not to condemn the world, but to bring it light, to, to bring it healing and, and preser- preserving it. And, and some of that involves making a judgment about the way the world is, but not necessarily judging. It's, it's, it's determining what's right and wrong, but not necessarily judging with condemnation in our hearts. And so this is hope. That we would see the world and know that it is not quite what it could be. And that we would work to bring about Jesus' kingdom. And one day, he will return and and all will be restored. All will be his kingdom. All, All resistance will fall. But while we're here on this earth, while we have breath in our lungs, while we have energy, while we have any mental capacity, we're called to be his people, his kingdom builders. We're called to be sent out. We're called to go. And so that's the challenge when we think about hope. Hope is not just the idea that that we can know that God will one day make things right. Hope is a reminder that if we see how things are not right, that we get to carry the light that says we know what it should be like and we know what should be done and we're going to do it because we are his kingdom people, his kingdom builders. We're going to, to take on the task because it's what he's asked us to do. And so when we see the world, when we see things that are not the way they should be, then we're going to use the weapons that we've been given. And, and here's the thing. The weapon is not condemnation, judgment. It's kindness, it's love, it's peace, it's patience. Those are the weapons that we use to push back the darkness, to be the light, to be the salt. We wield peace and patience and kindness in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our towns, in our cities, in our state, in our world, so that we can usher in, continuously usher in, God's kingdom. May you pray this week for hope and use that as a, as a liftoff point to participate in the building of God's holy and just kingdom. I pray that you'll see that this week. I pray God will reveal that to you. I pray that God will show you the things he wants you to see and who you want you, who he wants you to be and how you can be the light of the world, the light that's on the hill, the salt. May you bring this season hope because you will declare that the way things are are not the way they have to be. 
Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great week. Be blessed.